This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. We'd like to welcome you to our Sunday morning service. We're going to start you out with a song that uh, we kind of, it's got a dual purpose here. We Stuff going on in our lives and in the world and in our country and in our community that we're not sometimes real happy or comfortable with. And then this darn weather is pretty cold. It's cold this morning too, so... We're going to start you out with a song that I hope makes you look on the sunny side of things. There's a dark and a troubled side of life. There's a bright and a sunny side too. Though we meet with the darkness and strife, the sunny side we also may view. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way. If we'll keep on the sunny side of life. The storm and theory broke today, crushing hopes that we cherish so dear. The clouds and storms will in time pass away. The sun again will shine bright and clear. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of it will help us every day, it will brighten all the way, if we keep on the sunny side of life. Let us greet with the song of hope each day, though the moment be cloudy or fair, let us trust with our Savior with everyone in his care. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way. If we'll keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way If we'll keep on the sunny side of life Life is like a mountain railroad With an engineer so brave We must make the run successful From the Watch the curves of fills the tunnels Never falter, never fail Keep your hand up on the throttle And your eye upon the rail Blessed Savior, Thou wilt guide us Till we reach 
cypress for sure where the angels wait to join us in God's grace forevermore as you roll across the trestle spanning Jordan swelling tide you behold the Union Depot into which your train will glide there you meet the superintendent God the Father God the Son with a hearty, joyous greeting, weary pilgrim, welcome home. Blessed Savior, Thou wilt guide us till we reach that blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in God's grace. Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Debbie Tag and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks too to Isaac, our recording engineer, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. Many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance and to our new services which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Jerry and Judy Winchell. We want to thank them for their generosity. And WPCA Radio, we want to thank them too for this broadcast. We depend on generosity of listeners like you to keep the broadcast going. Just one additional announcement, and that is that on Sunday, January 30th, our services will be at Little Falls Lutheran at 9.30 a.m. So with that, we will begin the service proper. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
Even though we aren't all together in church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is present with each of us, wherever we might be. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together today. We're in the season of Epiphany. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along our Bible readings today. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me then and listen along as I read our confession of sins. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves over into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you, uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hear then God's promise of absolution. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. I invite Jim and Debbie to come and sing a couple more songs for us. Jim and Debbie. Take time to be
thought and its motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love, thou soon shalt be fitted for service above. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Christ the Blessed One gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinnerless to the loving call, wonderful words of life. All so free. Thanks again, Jim and Debbie, for those lovely songs. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Blessed Lord God, you have caused the Holy Scriptures to be written for the nourishment of your people. Grant that we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that comforted by your promises, we may embrace and forever hold fast to the hope of eternal life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'd like then to read the first three lessons for this coming Sunday, which is the third Sunday after Epiphany. And the first lesson is from the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, Verses 1 through 3, 5 through 6, and 8 through 10. 
all the people gathered together in the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law to Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square from before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here ends the first lesson. The psalm text for this Sunday is from Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Here ends the psalm text. The New Testament lesson is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 12 through 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, 
and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member but many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the, he the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts? Here ends the New Testament lesson. We don't have a children's message for tonight, but I would like to have a prayer for children, and then I'm going to call on Jim and Debbie for a song for our children's time together. So let's pray, please. Gracious God, we remember tonight all of the children of this parish, Neighbors United in Christ, all of the children in this area around Amory, Wisconsin, all of the children in the Midwest. God, we cast our eyes far beyond even this area, throughout our country and all around the wide world. We pray for those children who are homeless and hungry tonight, we pray that somehow your spirit would surround and keep them and you would remind them of your presence and give them your peace. We pray for children everywhere who are simply hungry to be loved and accepted, who face uh, in dysfunctional families uh, unhappiness and even abuse, who maybe are bullied at school or wherever they might be, who struggle from day to day in one way or another. God bless the children. We know that our Lord Jesus had a special place in his heart for each of them. He said, let the little children come to me. He called them part of his kingdom, and we remember tonight again all the children all around this wide world. And we pray, Jesus, your special blessing on each and every one of them, and we pray it in your strong name. Amen. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come and do a song for our children's time, please. Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in His bosom gather. Nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge. 
all evil things he spares them in his mighty arms he bears them neither life nor death shall ever from the lord his children sever unto them his grace he showeth and their sorrows all he knoweth though he giveth or he taketh god his children ne'er forsaketh is the loving purpose solely to preserve them pure and holy for the gospel lesson um, i'm reading from the gospel of luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 21 and then i'm also going to read verses uh, 38 through 41 then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unfolded the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. And a little bit later, this is verses 38 and following. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. Then he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately she got up and began to serve them. As the sun was setting, all those who had any, and any who were sick with various kinds of diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on each of them and cured them. Demons also came out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, Recently, my oldest son Josh changed jobs, and that reminded me of a conversation that happened many, many years ago when Josh was just five years old. We were at a couple's house, friends and parishioners of mine, for dinner. The wife asked Josh what he wanted to be when he grew up, thinking, I suppose, that he would say he wanted to be a pastor like his dad. Well, that's not what he said. Josh said he wanted to be an usher. An usher, the woman said. Why an usher? Josh replied, because they're the ones who collect all the money. 
Josh's new job, like his old one, is with a financial investment company, so he's still interested in the money. Well, Joshua's perspective about church and what goes on in church reminded me in turn of one of my favorite little books, Children's Letters to God, compiled by Stuart Hampel and Eric Marshall. I know I've used uh, these letters before, and they're really like prayers, but I have a few more that I want to use today that suggest some of the ideas kids have about church and about God. So here are a few of them. Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Neil. Dear God, is Reverend Coe a friend of yours or do you just know him through business? Donnie. Dear God, why is Sunday school on Sunday? I thought it was supposed to be a day of rest. Tommy. Dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. Elliot. Dear God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. Mickey D. Well, of course, it's not only kids who think that God is somehow around and watching and listening, especially on Sundays and especially in church. Those of us who are adults often think the same way about God and about Jesus and about church, that somehow God is present in this one hour and in this one place, in a way that he isn't present anywhere else and at any time else. Sometimes I have to admit I feel that way too. I was eating for the first time not too long ago, late one afternoon at the bar at Wanderoos. And after that, I was going to record this podcast at Trinity Lutheran Church, where we do that each week. I remember feeling that somehow God wasn't really around in the bar where the men were drinking and cussing and laughing, but was around a little later in Trinity, where we were singing and praying and preaching. Well, in our gospel lesson today from Luke, Jesus is surely present in the synagogue, which is what Jewish people call their church. And just like we read from the Bible each time we gather in church, Jesus gets up in church and he reads from the Bible, which for the Jews in Jesus' time, as well as the present, is our Old Testament. Jesus reads from the book of Isaiah, this ancient Jewish prophet, and I can imagine how dramatic it all was. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus reads, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus says something amazing, even incredible. He says, in effect, I'm the one Isaiah is talking about in this passage. I'm the one God has sent to save the lost, heal the broken, give sight to the blind, free those locked away in sin and guilt and shame. So often for us, that's where the story ends, reading about God and Jesus on Sunday morning in church, and then we go home and we go back to our real lives. But... More amazing and more incredible in our gospel lesson today, church and Jesus reading the Bible is just where the story begins, not where it ends. Listen again to what our lesson says. Jesus leaves the synagogue. He leaves church. He goes to Simon's house and Jesus starts doing exactly what he read about back in church. He heals Simon's mother-in-law. 
And then he heals all kinds of sick and dying people who come to him. He casts out demons, the power of evil that hold people captive and bind and blind them. Well, what does all that really have to do with us today? What I think our Bible lesson is telling us oh so loud and oh so clearly is this. God through Jesus is not only present or even mainly present with us on Sunday mornings in church. This is surely not the only place and not the only time we encounter God. Not the only time or place we meet Jesus. No. When we leave here today, Jesus goes with us. When we're sitting and eating and watching football games on TV, when we're working or shopping or going to school or hanging out with friends, Jesus is right here, right with us, right in our midst. Even when we're hanging out at the bar at Wanderoos or a bar anywhere, Jesus is right there with us. This is how Frederick Buechner puts it in his little devotional reading called In the Midst. Jesus is apt to come into the very midst of life at its most real and inescapable. Not in a blaze of unearthly light, not in the midst of a sermon, not in the throes of some kind of religious daydream, but at supper time or walking along a road. This is the element that all the stories about Christ's return to life have in common. Mary waiting at the empty tomb and suddenly turning around to see somebody standing there. Someone she thought at first was the gardener. All the disciples except Thomas hiding out in a locked house and then his coming and standing in the midst. And later when Thomas was there, he came again and stood in their midst. Peter taking his boat back after a night at sea and there on the shore near a little fire of coals, a familiar figure asking, children, have you any fish? The two men at Emmaus who knew him in the breaking of the bread. Jesus never approached from on high, but always in the midst, in the midst of people, in the midst of real life, in the midst of all the questions that real life asks. More than just being present with us, more than just being here in the midst of our lives, not just now or here, but day after day after day through all the days of our lives, Jesus is powerful in his presence. He's powerful to help, powerful to heal, powerful to cast out our demons. A few years ago, I heard a soft knock on my office door. I called out, come on in. A middle-aged woman, who I knew slightly, looking worn and frazzled, asked if I had a few minutes to visit. I invited her to sit down, and when she did, it seemed somehow that all the weight of the world was weighing her down. And then her story came tumbling out. She discovered that her husband was addicted to pornography and was also having an affair. I felt the darkness of her husband's betrayal, the evil of the pornography, the power of demonic forces at work, and I also felt oh so powerless to help this poor woman. I had no wisdom to share, no way to change her situation, no process to make things right. But what I could do, and what I did do, was to go with her to Jesus. Together we took her pain and her sorrow to Jesus. Together we took the darkness and the evil to Jesus, like the crowd so long ago at Simon's house who gathered around the door to see Jesus. I brought this woman and her husband 
to Jesus to ask him to bring healing and hope into their shattered lives. Of course, unlike those gathered around Simon's door so long ago who found Jesus and who Jesus healed with a touch and a word, things didn't change so suddenly for this woman. But what she did know, deep down inside her at that very moment that we prayed, what she knew for certain was she wasn't alone and it didn't all depend on her and she didn't have to bear this dark and heavy load by herself. Jesus was here in the very midst of all the evil and sin and darkness, not just at church on Sunday morning or during a Bible study or a prayer meeting. Jesus comes to us at those moments and those places where addiction and selfishness and sin or death and loss and grief threaten to overwhelm us. Listen to this little poem by Gerhard Frost called simply, What Shall I Say? He's asking in this poem what he can possibly say to those who come to him in deep distress. And the poem is his answer. What shall I say when they come, my sister, my brother in distress, I who am mortal and so fallible too? Shall I say, take a trip to the Grand Tetons, stop by their snow-fed streams, drink like a breast-fed babe and try to taste God? Or... Hold a puppy in your lap and stroke its silken ears. No, not these footnotes, grace-filled grace as they may be. I'll invite them to the headline, the name, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Whisper it, shout it, pray it. Yes, cry it, cry out against it if you must. But test it, taste it, experience how true it is, how tough and how tender. Yes, come to him. That's what I'll say. Well, the woman and I prayed with, uh, and, had a and this woman had a long road ahead of her. And who knows what might become of her husband. But together we entrusted them both into the mighty loving arms of Jesus and together we hurled Jesus' powerful love and grace against the darkness. I don't know, of course, what sickness of mind or body or heart, what demons, for that matter, you might be facing today, fear or frustration, anger, addiction, guilt, shame, despair. All of us have things we're dealing with. But I do know Jesus. He is still present with us, though unseen, not just in church or while we're listening to this podcast, Jesus is with us out there, out in the real world, out in the midst of our lives. In love, he still meets us, and in love, he still offers us healing and hope. Here is one last little child's letter to God, which puts it oh so succinctly. Dear God, I don't ever feel alone since I found out about you, Nora. Amen. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior I'm standing on the promises of God.
Listening to every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all and all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior We continue as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll invite Debbie and Jim to come and do our prayers of intercession, please. Lord, listen to your children pray. to us in the reading of scripture fulfill your word through the faithful witness of your church send us out to bring your liberating good news to all people God of grace hear our prayer all creation proclaims your handiwork teach us to love the intricate and beautiful bodies that you have created bless tiny insects enormous whales and every creature in between Sustain species at risk of extinction. God of grace, hear our prayer. You desire that there be no dissension among us. Where we are divided in our society, nation, or world, come quickly to reunite us into one body. Ease conflict, dispel violence, and bring an end to war. God of grace, hear our prayer. Anoint with your spirit all who seek your favor. Grant provision and justice for people living in poverty, people living with disability, those living with pain, or those living under oppression. And we remember these people for healing and prayers. Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Randy Godwin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Tim Elmer, Janet Knudsen, Martin Tanberg, Geneva Phelps. God of grace, hear our prayer. 
Build up the body of Christ in this place. Bless the variety of ministries in the parish. Empower us to freely welcome and deeply value each person who enters into worship and ministry among us. God of grace, hear our prayer. In thanksgiving, we lift before you the saints for whom the promise of salvation has now been fulfilled. Tend to those who mourn, and we remember the family of Ellsworth Johnson. Bring us together in your everlasting glory. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for those prayers. We should also mention that this past week we had the funeral for Laverne Olson, and we want to keep Laverne's family in our prayers as well. We continue then with the sharing of the peace. Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. I'll invite you to bless yourself or someone worshiping with you using the Trinity formula, which is, be blessed, or I am blessed, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. So we invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. God's green pastures feeding by his cool waters lie. Soft in the evening walk my Lord and I. All the sheep of his pasture fare so wondrously fine. His sheep am I. Waters cool, pastures green in the the night, rough the way, step by step, my Lord and I. Thanks, Debbie and Jim. Let's do our offering prayer. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We continue then as we pray together the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll invite Debbie and Jim to come and do our closing songs.
listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Through every day, or all the way.